Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Date Night at the Coffee Shop. You're Bart. And you're Sam. Um, we're glad you guys decided to come back and join us today. Um, it's been a it's been a pretty good week. Weather's changing. It's it's getting super folly around here. I love it. Um, although the last couple of days have been a little bit warmer. I mean, we said that on our fall episode too that it was getting kind of folly, and then it went back to summer. Yeah. Mother typical Nature's southern. Still trying to make yeah. up her mind. I typical, guess. typical southern uh, southern weather. Yeah, yeah, it, it is it is kind of ridiculous how often it changes. I do remember when we were in college, though, we had, like, it was, like, 60-some days, you know, like, in December. Mm-hmm. It was 60-some days, and then a couple of weeks later, there was snow. Yeah. So, who knows? Who knows? I remember one day in college, there was, um, there was, it was the day that it, that it snowed real bad, like, like, all in one day. But like we started out the day and it wasn't even it you wasn't were, even cold. You were wearing shorts and flip flops. I was in shorts and flip flops. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, it wasn't like hot, but I mean, it was like, you know, 50, 40, 40 or fifty yeah. when we got you know that that day, and then all of a sudden it just dropped and started snowing and it closed down roads all within like six hours. Yeah, it was crazy. Absolutely nuts. <clears throat> but I've had a good week. Yeah, I have too. Um, ended, ended things on a high note last, or well, yesterday I had, um, hung out with, uh, with some of my, my very old friends. Um, Saying it that way makes them, makes them sound like they're in their nineties. I mean, we are old now, I guess. (laughs) Um, but my oldest friends time-wise, um. Longest standing friends. Right. Um, one of my buddies getting married, so had a, had a bachelor outing for him yesterday and that was a lot of fun so we're gonna speak really softly right no i'm good i'm good <laughs> um we did some cool stuff did a wine tasting a whiskey tasting um but yeah it was it was a lot of fun you had lots of libations oh yeah <laughs> sounds awesome it sounded like Looks, a really good time it was it was a, a ton of fun it honestly sounds better than most bachelorette parties that i've heard of that happen in nashville you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it wasn't just like us getting plastered and, and walking around Broad Street or anything like that. Yeah, we there was a mission, and it yeah. was, I really like it. It, it was, was cool. Really, yeah, like it sound like from what you told me, it sounds like it was a very lovely time. Yeah, and the picture fun. you guys have, you guys look all like such gentlemen. It's great. Yeah, we are gentlemen. My week was boring. Yeah. So not nearly as fun as yours. I yeah. Yeah. I did nothing all week. As far as the rest of the week, it was kind of boring. <laughs> um, it was actually the first, I was, I was thinking about it, and it was like the first full week of work that I've had like in about a month. Cause like Mr. Every, I gotta take a vacation every week. Yeah, I was taking like a day off at least <laughs> a, a week for like probably five weeks or so. Yeah. Um, so working a full week was tedious. Poor you. <laughs> I know. Having, having to work your full. I know. But I am really grateful that like we both have jobs that we can take off, like just a day here and there if we need to. Yeah, yeah, that's it was pretty cool. nice. Not everybody has that. So. Yeah, but at the same time, it just makes things pile up for me. Mm-hmm. So it's not really that much of a vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, but so today we're going to be um, talking about something pretty interesting, kind of a little, a little bit different than some of the topics we've been having recently. This one was so fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, this one was pretty interesting. 
Um, I'm excited to talk about it. Today we're going to be talking about superstitions. Yes. Um, we're going to start off talking a little bit of how, like, the brain chemistry works and, like, you know, why... Yeah, behavioral. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So I was going to intro us to... What is it? Is it Stevie Wonder? Is that who uh, does? Yeah. Yeah, I was... And then I looked up, like, copyright laws, and I was like, nah, I don't know. Yeah, so, I was going to do that, too. Yeah. I know you've said, like, you've studied some, like, copyright law and, like, fair use laws, and I'm just... I'm like... Yeah, I thought about it, but we didn't talk about it. We didn't coordinate. We should have. This yeah. is a very professional podcast, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Super. Super, super professional. Profesh. <laughs> Totes profesh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're going to be talking about kind of how, like, the brain works, um, behavioral. I'm so excited. Um, you know, a lot of behavioral stuff going on. But then we're going to also go down a lot of common superstitions, kind of explain like, their origins, where they came from, what they mean, things yeah. like that. Um, so that one's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited. Our coffee today comes from, and you guys probably remember, um, a couple of weeks ago or so, we went back to Cookville, mm-hmm. um, where we had lived for a while, but we visited Cookville again and stopped by a local coffee roaster. They're new? Yeah, it's pretty new. It's it's popped up since we moved, so I was excited to try it out. Um, from the guy at Ralph's, they've been selling their coffee, like, in bulk to stores, Remember? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they've been selling like their coffee in stores, like in local shops, places. But they just now opened up their own shop where they make drinks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, coffee shop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this place is called Brost, Brost. Um, stopped by and and got a latte made that was super oh, fantastic. The best. It was. It was really good. I still need to like. Brost, if you're listening to this, tell me how to make that bourbon sauce, because mm-hmm. that was so good. It was wild turkey vanilla bourbon sauce or something that they put yeah. in the latte. Oh. I don't know, but so it, it was super good. Um, and our coffee today that we're drinking from them, we picked up a bag while we were there. Um, it's their Cumberland Classic Espresso Roast, uh, and it is actually a medium and dark blend. Um, it's rich and full, best of both worlds. It features cane sugar notes and diverse chocolate notes. And it was pretty interesting, like, uh, when I opened up the bag, you can see, like... The different the beans? The different beans, yeah. Like, Ooh, there are some, there are some, some dark Ooh. roast beans and some medium roast beans in there, too. That's so cool. I wonder if they ship. If the, if not, we're going to have to schedule another, another trip they out do. there. They do. You can find them on uh, broasttn.com. B R O A S T T N dot com, um, and yeah, so it looks like you can. I'm excited to put that, or at in. least they they have a shopping option on here. Let me take a look and see if they'll ship. I add to cart, so I'm assuming so. I want to try that in our espresso machine. Yeah. Yeah, I want to try that in the espresso machine. Yeah, that was I was probably going to do that later on today, actually. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to give this a shot and see how the actual coffee drinks. It's um, very good. Yeah, so this this coffee, their their espresso roast, it is very good. <clears throat> I I do enjoy. It's got it. like I it, I can kind of tell that that medium both the medium and the dark roast because it's like with medium roast you do get that more like green kind of almost like a dryness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like uh, it dries your mouth out a little bit. It's like tart wine almost. Yeah. Yeah. And but so you get a little bit of that, but still with like that heavy, bold, 
dark roast flavor in it. It's it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do like it. I do taste the um, the chocolatey notes, um, like some dark chocolate there. Um, and what else the, did it uh, say? Cane, cane sugar and uh, what was it? Cane sugar and diverse chocolate notes. Mm. It is pretty good. I do yeah. like it. This is super good. I like this a lot. Um, super smooth. I I am always one of those people that, like, if it has a bit of a bite, I'm not, like, usually a fan of it. And most, like, espressos kind of have a bite to them. So, um... The Lovatsa is an espresso race. I know. I know. And I do like the Lovatsa. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying that, like, it's kind of like a... I gotta be in the right mood for it if it's... If it's too, like, strong. You know, too... So... But this is really good. I do enjoy it. Yeah, super good. So, what do you what do you give it? Mm, I'm gonna go with seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's. I was, I was thinking probably seven and a half. Our, the, the our beans, tastes are becoming one. That's yeah, they're cool. pretty close. We need to get a the third beans, party in the, here. The beans are really <laughs> the really good quality beans. Like I can, you know, they were nice and fresh or whatever. Like they've got good quality beans, and they do a phenomenal job roasting. Yeah. Um, what hurts it for me is that it is that blend of the the medium, the yeah. medium and the dark roast. If it was yeah. just the dark roast, I think I would probably like it a little bit better. I bet. Like so, uh, I bet it, 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 it does give it an interesting flavor profile, I which I do appreciate. Yeah. Um, so you know, for that, you know, for their technique, I would say I would give them an eight and a half or nine. Yeah. Fantastic coffee roasting job. Um, as far as my personal taste, it'd be a seven and a half. For it to be as, like, because it does have a little bit of the bite of the, the medium roast, you know? Because I think that's what brings out the bite, actually. Maybe not the espresso. I don't know. It's weird. It's good. Yeah. But it's got, like, it's got different depths to it, which mm-hmm. is strange for me. Because usually it's, like, espresso or medium. And I don't think we've had... I've never had one that I know of. That was a blend of the two. Yeah, I'm sure we probably had some before. Um, but yeah, not anything that's been it's like, it's a, It is incredibly smooth, though. Like, yeah. for it to have that, like, that, like, tartness that yeah. it had. Like, it's very smooth. So, yeah. it's so. it's very good. But yeah, so this, the Espresso Roast, Cumberland Classic Espresso Roast uh, by Brost. Um, let's see. Internationally grown, Tennessee roasted, so roast coffee roasters. Um, give them a shout Lucky out. Yeah. yeah, check out their website, roasttn.com. Um, if you're ever in the Cookville area, stop by their shop on Spring Street. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some fantastic drinks going on. A lot of cool stuff happening over there. Yes. Uh, but again, today we're talking about superstitions as our topic, um, which is going to be pretty interesting. And just a little bit of a warning. Um, the f- first little bit we're going to be talking about is going to be a little dense, um, just because it has to do with a lot of psychology and I'm behavioral, shaking my head at you. behavioral studies. And this makes like me so happy. This no, is it's, not it's, dense it's, to it's, me. It's good. This is exciting. Yeah, I'm interested. I just want to make sure people are aware of what's about to happen because it's not going to be like this fun, lighthearted conversation. These are going to be like some, some deep, like educational discussions. I am always educational. Thank you very much. 
But I get your point, well, I not guess. Not necessarily deep, but it's know. dry. It's it's yeah, it's kind of it's a lot to take in. But Yeah, for the the normal human it's it's pretty dry. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> wow. Thank you. I am not normal. I am extraordinary. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so in we're gonna talk first about the behavioral um perspective and like behavioral psychology. So in 1948, behavioral psychologist B.F. Skinner published an article in the Journal of Experimental Psychology in which um, he described his pigeons exhibiting what appeared to be superstitious behavior. One pigeon was making turns in its cage. Another would swing its head in a pendulum motion. Because these behaviors were all done ritualistically in an attempt to receive food from a dispenser, even though the dispenser had already been programmed to release food at a set time, Regardless of the pigeon's actions, Skinner believed that the pigeons were trying to influence their feeding schedule by performing these actions. He extrapolated these behaviors into a proposition regarding superstitious behavior in humans. Hmm. So I remember in college, because you were a psychology major, yeah. I remember that you, you did like... The your, pigeon lab. Yeah, you guys did did this pigeon experiment, yeah. which was pretty cool. Uh, I remember going by and watching it some, and it was... Pretty fantastic. Yeah, so I, I added here in my notes, like, if you studied psychology anywhere with anybody who has, like, a behavioral analyst on staff, you did the Pigeon Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically you replicate Skinner's experiments around operant conditioning, different from classical conditioning, and you have you have to get the pigeon to press a button to open a hatch with food. And then you have to test out different reinforcement schedules in an attempt to... Um, and then you attempt to extinguish the behavior or get the, the behavior to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... So you try to teach them to hit the button. To get food. To get food. Mm-hmm. And then you try to teach them to forget about that. Right. You try to get them to like realize that no matter how much they press the button, they're not going to get food. Mm-hmm. And so like they extinguish that. It extinguishes that behavior so that they don't do it anymore. And they essentially forget. And then um, you get them to reestablish the behavior. Again. So that's what we had to do in the Pigeon Lab. It's okay. it's really, really cool. It's really... Yeah. I liked it. It does sound... It. it was pretty interesting to watch and like hear you talk about some. I didn't realize that it had anything to do with superstitions. I didn't realize that was kind of like where he based, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the experiment and the thought process on. Mm-hmm. And it's because like... It basically... So I did a lot of reading in this and... When I, when I was doing the, the notes for this, and it has a lot to do with, with learning. And like, oh, I'll, I have it in my notes. We'll get to it. So um, Skinner found his uh, in his study that some pigeons would respond with superstitious behavior 10,000 times without reinforcement if they were, were originally conditioned to receive food on an intermittent reinforcement schedule. So like an intermittent reinforcement schedule is um, where the time interval is different each time that you present the stimulus or present the the food. So if they don't exactly know and it's not exactly predictable, then superstitious behavior will arise and will be more like, it'll be stronger, stronger. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because they'll kind of pick up on it if it's by an actual pattern. Yeah. If it's just random, then they're like, they don't know what it is, so they figure... They figure, oh, it's my pendulum swing that did the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, my neck swing, whatever. So, compared to, like, the other reinforcement schedules. So, another interesting thing to know is that these rituals were almost impossible to extinguish. 
So, like, they they wouldn't go away. Even mm-hmm. if, like, they stopped, like, they would still do the superstitious behavior. Right. Even if, like, even if they stopped pressing the button or whatever. Hmm. Um, so this effect, is it's called the partial reinforcement effect, and it has been used to explain superstitious behavior in humans for a long time. According to this effect, the individual feels that by continuing the action, reinforcement will happen. Or that reinforcement has come at certain times in the past as a result of this action, although not all the time. But this may be one of those times. So it's like even if it hasn't worked in the past, it's worked. Or like even if it hasn't worked every time in the past, it's worked a couple of times. And it's worth it for me to do this superstitious behavior. Right. So because I like do X, Y, Z all the time, this good thing happens every once in a while. Yep. Exactly. That's exactly it. Um, okay, so this also works with punishment. So that I didn't know, which I found super fascinating. Um, for example, if you walk under a ladder and a minute later you trip and fall, it's easy to attribute your accident to bad luck and the irrelevant ladder. The reason an association is easy to form is because your cultural belief that is that like walking under a ladder, ladder will bring bad luck is positively reinforced by your fall that occurred soon after walking under the ladder. So like even if it's like a punishment type thing, it'll still be like, oh, no, we can't do that. So it's like it's really cool for like um, it reminds me of the movie The Shining. Mm-hmm. Like that's a punishment. Those little like not The Shining. What is it? The Village. Where, like, those uh, things yeah. come out. And so, like, that punishment reinforces that superstition around those, like, creatures. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I thought that was... It's basically a false equivalency. Like, to boil it down to... Like, a superstition is a false equivalency. I do this thing and this happens. Right. So, they have to be connected. Right. And this either happens or doesn't happen. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So, that's the behavioral perspective. I found that incredibly fascinating. And there's, like, a lot of, um, like, tie-offs and, like, extrapolations you can make for, like, learning, for parenting and all that kind of stuff. Um, I actually had my um, ABA, my professor, who did the Pigeon Lab, he actually said that he would not have children for this exact reason. Because he figured, because he realized as a behavioral analyst, he could make his children do whatever he wanted, even if he wasn't exactly trying. And he didn't think it was ethical to have children since Hmm. he was so like versed in behavioral analysis and stuff like that. Right. That's an interesting viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you want to move on to like the evolutionary perspective? As an anthropologist always. Okay. So, superstition is an evolutionary surprise because it doesn't make any sense for organisms to believe a specific action influences the future when it absolutely can't. So, superstitious behavior can be recognized in many animals, not just humans, and it often persists in the face of evidence against it. Superstitions are not free. Rituals and avoidances cost an animal in terms of energy or lost opportunities. Kevin Abbott, a biologist in Ottawa, Ontario, and co-author of a recent study says, quote, from an evolutionary perspective, superstitions seem maladaptive. The study suggests that multiple reasons for such anomalies exist. Perhaps superstition is adaptive, like as a placebo, or for social bonding. Or maybe it really is a maladaptive like trait now, but the outcome of the traits that were adaptive in an ancestral envi- environment. Kind of like wisdom teeth. So he and his 
like co-study person, I forget her name. Um, they studied mice. And so like they use the example of like field mice. They hear a rustling in the grass mm-hmm. and they do a quick dive underground. They're like, oh, no, no, because it could be a predator. Right. But like they don't know, like that's a superstitious behavior because they don't know if it's a cat. They don't know if it's the wind. They, they don't know what it is, but like they do it every time they hear it. Right. So, um, so evolutionary, like it could have used a purpose because like they don't know, but it just got reinforced over time. And like, it's kind of like, um, I don't like using this, but like it's, it's like a folklore. Folklore is rooted in a lot of <clears throat> superstitious behavior as well. And so, like, for social bonding, that makes perfect sense. It's like, oh, whenever we see this, we do this. So, like, holidays and, like, rituals like that are usually superstitious. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was super interesting that, like, it was kind of a placebo. Like, either way, they they survive. Like, right. the mice doing this field dive, they survive whether it's the wind or a cat right. or a predator, you know. So I thought that, like, that makes perfect sense in my brain. You know, like, oh. Yeah. And it's the same, it's kind of similarly to, like, the behavioral thing where it's like, I survive, like, I, I get a payoff for doing this thing even if it doesn't actually help. Right. Yeah. It Clearly it worked. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, okay. So uh, I want to move on to OCD. As I was researching this, I read an article on WebMD about the psychology of superstition, and it mentioned OCD. It would be easy for people to make that leap, however, they're not always related. From what I gathered, it's kind of like a rectangles and squares argument, where um, people who are diagnosed with OCD and OCPD have superstitions, but not all people with superstitions have OCD or OCPD. So what is OCPD? OCPD is um, the personality disorder. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, there are two OCDs, like OCD, the anxiety disorder, and then OCD, the personality disorder. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like from what I, it's been so long since I took the class, but I took the uh, psychopathology class like in an in undergrad like many, many years ago. And from what I understand, that one is a little bit more intense in terms of like, um, it's it's almost related to like panic disorder, mm-hmm. where like if you don't do this thing, like you will die or somebody will die. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've heard of some stuff like that. So it's like if I don't do this certain thing, then this person dies. Well, as if there's like a movie that I was watching, where somebody says that it's like if I don't eat at a specific time every day, then the person close to me dies yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't remember what movie that is, but I do remember that. Or a show or something. Yeah, yeah. So that is, like, that's the personality disorder. Like, the OCD anxiety disorder can have some of that, but it's not, from what I under remember. Uh, and, you know what? I think it was Bones. I think it was an episode of Bones. Oh, that makes sense, because we were re-watching that. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of, that's the difference, really. There's, like, a personality disorder and then an anxiety disorder. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, also another thing to note is that superstitions are cultural and OCD and OCPD aren't. So like, there's like a cultural difference in superstitions and like OCD, they're like cross all cultural boundaries. So, right. Okay. Now to the fun part. You ready? Yeah. Let's talk about them. So Mm -hmm. we've got, um, a, a lot of 
several superstitions, well, common superstitions. Most of you have probably heard of at least, yes. um, even if you don't really know where it came from or what they mean specifically. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about some of these. Okay. So the first one is knock on wood. <laughs> Very funny. Um, okay. So this one is probably the most well-known. Some people believe it has roots in a Celtic belief that spirits reside in trees and that they can be called upon for protection or chased away by knocking on their home. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, others think it has Christian roots because of the power of the crucifix, like the, the wooden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, historians think that it's actually probably due to a game from the 19th century called Tiggy Touchwood. Where they would get, where like children would get immunity from being tagged by touching the nearest piece of wood. So it's like a home base yeah, for tag. Like, I'm on base. Yeah. Um, Italians actually touch steel rather than wood. Polish people and Russians touch unpainted wood. Hmm. So Interesting. I, I wonder how like how strict is this wood thing? Because this is like what NDF or whatever it is. Like, is this really wood? Um, Does this count? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it just at some point it was wood, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. So do we not know how long the phrase has been around then? Because it just seems like there's like a time discrepancy here. Like I was under the impression and, and um, some of this because it says it has roots in Celtic beliefs or like early Christianity, which would lead me to believe that it's probably a hundreds of years old yeah. saying. Um, but then some people are saying, uh, oh, just 19th century, which would just be like, it could be that it could be that in 19, the 19th century game, like the Tiggy Touchwood game mm-hmm. came, came out resulted of, from this saying, yep, that's kind of what I was thinking. And to me, it makes a lot more sense for it to be this Celtic belief or the Christian belief. Well, no, what I was, it, it makes more sense to me just viewing the rest of Christianity's history as well. That it probably was originally this Celtic belief, and then that was something that the Christians oh. kind of took over. Oh, um, got and it. And put a different meaning on it, kind of the way they did like Christmas and Easter. And stuff oh, like that. that makes sense. That does that tracks. Because all of their people were doing it, so they're saying, "Oh, you know, well, you know, you say this, but it's because it actually means because the cross was made of out of cross. wood." Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see that. And then Tiggy Touchwood just kind of reinforced that, like, yeah, that wood was is sacred just like, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Like you can't get me, like evil, whatever. You can't get me if I'm touching like wood or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. That tracks. You heard it here first, guys. Yep. We figured it out. We did. We solved the riddle. All right, so moving on. What's the next one? Throwing salt over your shoulder. Right, so I've heard of this one a lot. This is... I had no idea that this is where it came from. It has roots in Da Vinci's Last Supper, where Judas Iscariot is portrayed as having spilled salt. So throwing it over your shoulder is meant to ward off evil. What? Yep. Because in Da Vinci's, in Leonardo Da Vinci's The Last Supper, yeah. he Judas Iscariot has spilled some salt. And so, because Judas Iscariot is, therefore, by extension, evil because he betrayed Jesus, like, if you throw it over your shoulder, it wards off the evil. So that's the origins, though? Like, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't from before this painting? Nope. That seems crazy, though. Like, why, why would he paint it that way if it wasn't already a thing? I don't know. Huh. Maybe he spilled the salt because he was nervous about his betrayal. I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's, yeah, I thought that was so fascinating. Yeah, that's, that is super crazy. 
I had no idea that that's yeah where that came from. All because of a painting. Yeah, and mm. Judas. Um, walking under a ladder. This one was really cool. Um, so it said that the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, has led people to associate the number three as sacred. And since triangles have three sides, and a ladder creates a triangle, like the triangle is also sacred. So like, a, and a ladder creates a triangle. Um, anyone walking under it destroys the sanctity of the Trinity. Okay. That seems a little <laughs> far-fetched and a, a little bit um, excessive on the thought process there. I mean, if we're talking about, like, the early church, though, like, that excessive, what's their middle name? I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I just don't know about this one. Okay, so there is another possible origin, and it's that the Egyptians thought that someone might spot a god going up or down a ladder if they crossed under it, so they just avoided it. Okay. Hmm. I mean, to me, that makes more sense just because it's probably an older belief. Yeah. Um, and then that. So you can be wrong just so long as you're wrong first and people will believe it because you were wrong first. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and honestly, that kind of makes, it kind of tracks. If that is an actual thing about the, the whole triangle thing in the Trinity, then. It kind of makes sense that that's another thing that they tried to take over from another culture. It does. It does. <laughs> it really does. It does track. Um, okay, so the next one Christ, is... To be fair, Christianity is a very unoriginal bunch. <laughs> we are like, ooh, we like we just, that. You, right. We're going to take They that. see a bunch of popular things and then just think, you know what? In the that's name mine of, now, but yeah. we're going to make it a little bit different. We're going to make it align. Yeah. 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 Historically, we've been a little... We've been a little problematic yeah <laughs> selfish yeah <laughs> yeah i'm gonna take that yeah yeah i like the bully at the playground we're just taking everybody's toys <laughs> very true um so the next one is the broken mirror <clears throat> okay this one's interesting i've heard about this one a lot so. yeah and this one has roots in like the the legend of narcissus and all that but um hmm. but basically to boil it down, the ancient Romans believed that the ba- that bad health caused a mirror to crack. And the number seven was seen as the number of years required to complete a full life cycle of sickness and renewal. Um, okay. So a broken mirror meant that you were headed for death. The only way to fix the bad luck was by gathering the broken pieces of the mirror and burying them on a moonlit night. Okay. Well, I mean, so that's an interesting remedy there, mm-hmm. which seems pretty cool. But so it sounds like from this, these origins, is that it would have cracked on its own? It cracked whenever you looked at it if you were sick, essentially. Right. Yeah. So not by like an accident. Yeah. Okay. Or, I mean, I guess it could be an accident. I didn't really read too much into that, but it could be an accident because like if you're clumsy and you fall, like you're clumsy. Oh gosh, you fell. Like you're getting on up there in years, you're going to die because like you fell or whatever, you know? Mm. So, also, like, the thing about narcissists, I read somewhere about um, how, like, the crack in the mirror is, like, it, like, stole his soul or whatever and, like, all that stuff. And, like, yeah. So, there's a lot of superstitions around mirror mirrors. But, mm-hmm. basically, you were headed. So, basically, because of the seven years, like, if the mirror broke, like, you would be dead within seven years, essentially. Right. Yeah. Because, like, bad health caused it to crack. And then at the end of that seven years, you'd be dead and you're just, your life is going to be over. Hmm. So, but if you break a mirror, everybody, just gather the broken pieces and bury them 
under the light of a full moon or a moonlit night or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't say here that it's got to be a full moon, just moonlit night. I would do it just to be safe. I would wait for a full moon if you can wait that long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got seven years, so. Yeah, true. True. You got seven years. Just don't wait until like the last, like year six. Yeah. Yeah, just go ahead and knock it out on the first couple of full moons. <laughs> Um, okay, so the next one is Step on a Crack, Break Your Mother's Back. This one actually scared me a little bit. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's it's really dark because, like, kids say it all. I think that's the thing. It creeped me out because kids say it all the time, and it's incredibly dark. I think mostly it's just because it rhymes. So. That the, makes it more creepy. So, Stepping on a Crack is a form of fortune telling. So, the crack is representative of a portal to another realm. So, like, cracks in the ground and all this mm. kind of stuff. And if you were to step on one, you would open it up, and it could cause something to, like, come out and do the world harm. Okay. I just, I, I don't think I So, should... the mother's back part doesn't really have anything to do with the belief. It just kind of makes it rhyme. Yeah, and it's like, uh, it would come out and, like, attack. And so, like, if you step on a crack, like, bad things are going to happen to, like, the people around you. Because right. you've opened up a portal to another world. Right. Do I'm we not... know what kind of origins this has? Mm-mm. Mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's re- I think it, uh, on the article that I was reading, I think it said European. I think it said European. I can't remember. I'll look at, I can look at my sources and, and let you know whenever I'm closer to the computer. But, Yeah. I thought that was weird. Like, I don't feel like me stepping on a crack. Like, so you can just accidentally open up a portal to another realm. I don't feel like I should be able to have that kind of power just from, like, walking down the road. Yeah. Okay. Are you looking it up? Um, yeah, I'm looking. Uh, originated back in the 19th, early 20th century. Unfortunately, when racism was prevalent in society. Oh unkind verse original unkind verse is believed to be either step on a crack break here and your mother's baby will be black oh no step on a crack and your mother will turn black oh no i did not that was not in the article that i was reading interesting i don't know how i mean this is just from quora.com so i don't know how um that's horrible reliable this is uh, due to the fact that interracial marriages were frowned upon by some, it was also common then to say that stepping on the pavement lines meant you would marry a black person and have a black baby. Oh my gosh. In the mid-20th century, it was common to tell children that if they stepped on any cracks in the pavement, they would be eaten for lunch by bears waiting for them around the corner. What? Yeah. Another belief surrounding this superstition is that the number of cracks stepped on indicates the number of bones your mother would break. Also, it foretold the amount of china dishes that you would break. There's also a belief that cracks in the ground or pavement led directly to the underworld, thus by stepping on them, the evil demons that dwell there would be released and bring bad luck, which is like the origin that you were talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, there's like a several different ones. Some of so them there's extremely some, racist. Yeah, there's racist um, ones, there's horrible parenting ones, and then there's ones that are just deeply terrifying for supernatural reasons. Yeah. Why would you tell your kids that? If you step on that pavement crack, you're going to get eaten by bears. Why would you do that? That's not funny. Keep those kids in line, that's why. 
What if you're like on a cobblestone like walkway? You can't help it. Oh my gosh, no wonder no wonder some of the yeah. No wonder we've got the problems that we do. <laughs> Goodness. Okay, so the next one is Lucky Pennies and Horseshoes. So Lucky Pennies, like both of these, both of these things have to do with the metal they're made of. The pennies have to do with paying the ferryman. You know, like making sure you've got enough money yeah, to like cross like to the, the other way, side. Yeah, like the two coins on the eyes mm-hmm. when you're dead. Yep. Um, and the horseshoes, I found this one super cool. The horseshoe is because it's made of iron and it's thought to, iron's thought to ward off evil. Yeah, and, so that's a pretty common Do uh, you remember? Thing. Do you remember me asking you the other day, like, what's with the horseshoe thing? Like that people put it and you're like, I don't really know. You remember? Mm, I don't remember you asking me about it. I don't know. Maybe I was asking somebody else, but like, I don't understand this whole horseshoe thing that everybody seems to be obsessed with. A lot of the houses that I've moved into, like, have horseshoes put like above doors yeah, and all this like stuff. Yeah, you put like a horseshoe, but it's got to be the right way. Like, it's got to be turned uh, upright. Right. I think. Yeah. I found out why. So, the most common story of the lucky horseshoe is that Saint Dunstan worked as a blacksmith prior to sainthood. The story goes that the devil rode into Dunstan's shop requesting new shoes for his horse. So the devil went down to Dunstan's. He was looking for some horseshoes. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So Dunstan recognized the devil, and instead of nailing the shoes to the horse, the horse's foot, he nailed them to the devil's foot instead. And the devil agreed never to enter a home with a horseshoe nailed above the door because he was in so much pain. He was okay. in, like, agony. He was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I promise I won't, you know, enter a house with a horseshoe. I just want, like, how how did he do it? Like, I know. Like, I feel like if somebody was Like, how of, do you trick the devil into nailing, a horse nailing horse. horseshoes on his feet instead of his horses? I don't know. And why does the devil got horses anyways? I know. Why does he need horseshoes? Doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Is this how he became a saint? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Okay. Didn't have to do much back then. Just tell somebody that you that, nailed shoes on the devil? Yeah, you nailed uh, horseshoes to the devil's That feet. is a super interesting story, though. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm glad I know that now. I would be... I would watch this movie. I would 100% watch this movie. I'd listen to the song. <laughs> That's good. Okay, this next one, the next few are um, from other countries, from inter- their, their international superstitions. So, chewing gum at night. A Turkish superstition is said that if you swallow chewing gum after dark, um, or like if you chew gum after dark, it turns into the flesh of the dead. Ooh, interesting. That is terrifying. Well, so I don't understand this. Who's dead? Like... Like, what, which body's flesh would, like, would it just come from? Or did they make gum from dead flesh. people? Oh, I don't know. We're not going to say There's that. There's a lot of questions around this one. We're, we're not going to, we're not going <laughs> to say that. We're going to, no, thank you. We're not going to, we're, it basically, it just, it's like a gremlin situation. Like, don't feed it after dark. Like, don't chew gum after dark. It turns into a dead man's flesh or something. Yeah. Dead man's flesh. Dead man's flesh. <laughs> um, okay, so in China, the number four is superstitious, like 13 is here, because it's pronounced similarly to the word for death. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
In Russia, yellow flowers are seen as superstitious because they represent infidelity and death. So if you give somebody a yellow flower, you're cursing them either to, like, be cheated on or die. Huh. Sunflowers are not popular there, I'm guessing. Yeah, I would would imagine so. Mm. Okay, sweeping feet. In Brazil, if you get your feet swept over with a broom, you will remain single for the rest of your life. The curse can be broken, however, if you immediately spit on the broom. Okay, so that's good to know. So yeah. those of you, whenever you sweep over your feet, just spit on the broom and mm-hmm. you're good. Yep. Good to go. Yep. Make sure it's a big loogie so that you get, like, a good marriage, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. that that's correlated, for sure. Right. Um, opening up an umbrella inside. This one... I like because this one is actually like total myth. It's not true. There's a reason for it. Okay. This came about because when umbrellas were new, they were stiff and clumsy and heavy. A rigidly spoked umbrella opening suddenly in a small room could seriously injure someone or shatter a fragile object. So it became bad luck to open them indoors. Huh. So these days, everybody, open your umbrellas indoors. Make forts out of them. I did when I was a kid. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Do what it, do open umbrellas to your heart's content, just as long as you're not gonna poke as long a kid as you're not around people, injuring someone, <laughs> shattering fra- fragile objects. Yeah. So those are the ones that we kind of like that we know where they come from and all this stuff. There are some here that I that we don't know like where exactly, but they're common superstitions like around the world. Don't know like the origin. Ready? Yeah. So, don't place two mirrors opposite of each other because in Mexico, facing mirrors open a doorway for the devil. Hmm. Interesting. I see it. It's terrifying. It's kind of scary whenever you walk past two mirrors. Like, it just goes on forever, you know? Yeah. Because of the infinite. Um, Give a penny if you receive something sharp. So, gifting anything with a blade can supposedly sever a relationship. So, if you receive a knife or a pair of scissors as a present... Give the person a coin in return. Huh. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I never... Th- I'd never heard yeah, of that. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of that either. I mean, I've always thought it to be fairly common practice to gift like a knife or something. Yeah. You can give me a knife set, people, anybody. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. We'll, we'll just give you a penny, I guess. Yeah. Won't sever our relationship. We're fine. <laughs> um, so, a Filipino tradition called uh, Pack Pack... Uh, Dictates that people should never go straight back to the house after a wake. Otherwise, a bad spirit might tag along and come inside. Mourners usually make a stop at a restaurant or store first, just in case. So it's like slipping a, a tail, like yeah, like somebody, like a spirit just follows you. So you got to make sure and like yeah, lose them before you get back to your house. Take a different way home every time. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. This one I like because you are Whistler Supreme. So whistling indoors invites in evil so whistling while uh, you work may be an issue in lithuania where it's forbidden to whistle indoors because the noise is believed to summon demons Hmm. can we institute that rule absolutely not (laughs) i'm just jealous because you can whistle and i'm horrible at it i am a super good whistler you are a superb Um, whistler yes and most of the time i can't help it i don't even realize that i'm doing it (laughs) Um, so you don't cheers with water. A German superstition declares that if you cheers with water, you're actually wishing death upon the people you're drinking with. Interesting. Maybe that's why they drink so much beer. Maybe. Maybe. I like this one. 
So this one is disgusting and it's the last one I have. Stepping in dog poop isn't necessarily bad in France. So this one is really weird. Um, so stepping in dog poop is actually considered good luck in France if you do it with your left foot. It's only bad luck if you step with your right foot. Oh, okay. I think it's bad luck either way. So if you step in it with your right foot, do you then have to step in it with your left foot <laughs> to, to cancel right. out that bad luck? Might as well, you know. Okay. But probably twice too, right? You know, like one to cancel out and then one for good luck. I don't know. Yeah? I guess if you're, but if you're just trying to get like an even slate. Yeah, like, then just, yeah, step in it with both feet for sure. Okay. So, I'll have to remember that. Exactly. Next time we're in France. I don't know if that I don't applies. think it only works when you're in France. I think it's just French people believe that. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, which one? I don't one? think there's something special about France. French, French dog, dog poop. poop. <laughs> so, which ones of these are we going to uh, indoctrinate our, our family with? Which I mean, one are we going to start? Most of them. Most of them? Yeah. Ooh, I call whistling then. No, not that one. <laughs> Yeah. All of them except that one. All of them except that one. Okay. Let's see. I don't know which one's my favorite. I think, honestly, the chewing gum one is probably my favorite because it's so creepy. It is weird. It's so creepy. I Again, I would watch this St. Dunstan nailing horseshoes to the Devil's Feet movie. I would yeah. totally watch I that. I like that one's probably my favorite. That one's really cool. Yeah, I like that. So... That's superstitions, y'all. What do you think? Super cool. Ha! <laughs> super cool superstitions. But yeah, yeah, I did like that one a lot. That was very interesting. I was super happy that there was a psychological reasoning behind it, which makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was our topic today, superstitions. I had a blast talking about those. Um, this was fun to research. I thought it was going to be pretty interesting, but I didn't think it was going to be quite as fun as the last few topics, but I actually did have a lot of fun talking about this one. Yeah, when you gave me the options, I was like, yes, that one. I want to do that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my only thing, and I'm, and I'm glad you were able to find enough, because my biggest concern was that there just wouldn't be enough to talk about, but it turns out there is actually a lot more than I expected. Yeah, and you can always go, you can go, I, if you're a nerd like me, <clears throat> you can go on Google Scholar, and there have been tons of research articles done on superstitions, like tons yeah. of them. So it's really it's really a fascinating subject for like mm. psychologists and for learning and for like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it does seem super interesting. Mm -hmm. I'll look into some of this stuff later. Um, but that's our topic today. Um, had a blast talking about it. Glad you guys uh, joined us. I hope you all lis enjoyed listening to it as much as we did talking about it. Yeah. Um, again, our coffee today is the Cumberland Classic Espresso Roast by Brost. Uh, you can find them at brosttn.com if you're ever in the or in area. Cookville. Yeah, if you're ever in the area of Cookville, uh, stop by. They've got a, a coffee shop on Spring Street uh, where they've got some fantastic um, baristas there making some really cool drinks. Um, they roast on site. You can take a look. You can at their see roaster. the roaster. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty neat. It's across from the old laundromat where they used to have cars. Like they used to have old washing machines and old cars. And like that, do you remember? Yeah, well, I think they, they there just was a car in like this abandoned. Yeah, building. laundromat. It's so weird. Um, Cookville's cool though. Yeah, <laughs> I do miss Cookville. It's a pretty pretty cool place. Yeah. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed listening to everything. Um, go check out Brost. Got some cool stuff. 
Um, if you got any any topic suggestions, any coffee suggestions, you can email us at date night coffee shop at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at date night at the coffee shop. Um, and then always just you know like, share, subscribe, um, leave us some reviews, five stars preferably. Although I understand, you know. I don't. We're amazing. This is true. Go give us a five star rating. Yeah, if yeah, we're pretty fantastic. Like, yeah, absolutely. We deserve nothing but five <laughs> stars. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening to us. Uh, we're gonna go enjoy the rest of our day and the rest of our coffee. Exactly. <laughs> um, so time to go. Time to go fill up. And, I'm and, running low. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of been savoring this last little <laughs> bit because I'm about to run out. Um, so time to go fill up. Uh, but. Until next time, thanks, guys. Bye. Have a good week.